to be able to take it to that next level. That's what I'm excited about. Rose over the middle, wide open across the five. He's in. Touchdown, Houston. Fires underneath. This is intercepted. Back-to-back possessions with picks for this Texas defense. Takeaway number three on the day. Game day is every day. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Now, it's Texans All Access. Oh, yes, it is. Hello, Texans. Mark Vandermeer with you with John Harris. Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. It's the program. We are live, and we are with the General John McClain, and it is game weekend number four as the Texans take on the L.A. Chargers. I said it right. Noon, Sunday, Pink Ribbon Day, and it'll be live right here. General, let's start with this. The Chargers and Texans got together last year. Everyone's talking about it. The Texans ran for a lot of yards, but neither team has rushed for 100 yards so far as a squad this year. What do you make of it? Something's got to give on Sunday, right? You have the worst run defense versus the worst running game. It's the resistible force against the movable object. (laughs) And I think this, the Chargers, even with Sean Slater as a great left tackle, now he's out for the year, they still struggled up front, and they got issues up front. I think this is the game that the Texans are going to play well against the run the first time, like they did against the Chargers last year. Everybody's saying, oh, the Chargers got these injuries. Yeah, Slater and Bosa out. But they were a Super Bowl contender. They still got so much more talent than the Texans do right now. So if the Texans win, they're seven-point underdogs, it would be an upset just like it was last year. You know, they need to stop the run. By the way, I got a a, uh, – see if you guys know the answer to this. Right now, The Texans have given up 607 yards rushing, by far the most in the NFL, giving up 202.3 a game. But that is not the worst three-game, first three-game stretch in franchise history. There was one that was worse. Do you guys know what it was? In rushing yards or total yards? Surrender. No, yards given up rushing in the first three games. Now you're not going to figure it out. 2010? No, you're close. 2009, mm. Frank Bush was the coordinator. They gave oh. up 615 yards in the first three games. But in 10 of the last 13, they gave up fewer than 100. They ended up giving up 106.9, and they went 9-7. and seven. They need this kind of defensive transformation against the run. You know, they're fifth in sacks, tied for fifth. They're getting after the quarterback, especially Jerry Hughes. Jalen Petrie is coming off a fantastic game. Uh, Derek Stingley is going to be going up against two outstanding receivers. Not sure which one he'll cover. Most of the time, this will be a big test for Stingley, the first one since uh, he went up against Corlin Sutton two games ago. But if they are even average against the run, then – it's got to be about Davis Mills. Davis Mills does not look like he did at the end of last season, which you guys know. And for everybody that's ready to put him in mothballs and wait let get that first-round pick next year, I don't think that he just went brain-dead over the offseason. In that game last year, 41-29, he was 21 of 27. That's 77.7%. 254 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. 
and a 130.6 rating, his second best of the year till that great game he had against the Patriots. So Davis Mills needs to bounce back. He needs to lead the Texans to victory. That would be his second home victory where he has 14 touchdowns, one interception, and a 111 rating. If he played every game at NRG Stadium, he'd be first-team All-Pro. And to that end, General, uh, a comment about Davis. It's I think you hit on it. It's the consistency aspect. It's consistency across games. It's consistency in a game. It is being as good in the second and third quarter uh, as you are in the fourth quarter and vice versa. That, that you know, it's getting out of the gates, uh, you know, with more than three and outs. I mean, I, I want to say it's been three and outs the first three games to start the game. So there's got to be a consistent level that he's reaching and that's part of the deal with the young quarterback is you're going to have inconsistent moments but we got to start settling into a consistent first quarter through fourth quarter game one game two game three game four across the board now I'll ask you this and not to play devil's advocate so I'm just going to ask this what if the Chargers don't care that they rush for 50 yards in a game and what I mean by that is what if they decide that Austin Eckler is better off not banging his head up against the wall. Not that the Texans' wall has been that strong, but what if they just say, you know what, forget it. We're not even going to try. We're gonna forget running. We can't run. It doesn't matter who's over there, whether it's the Texans or it's Katie Jr. High. It doesn't matter. We're just going to take Eckler and put him out in the flats and throw him the football, and those are going to be the touches he gets in a game. John, that, I think, scares me more than anything that the Chargers could end up doing on Sunday if they get Eckler involved out in space where the Texans have not tackled exceptionally well. They haven't done it exceptionally well. That's a nice way of putting it. I would put it a little differently. <laughs> but it is, Tex- it is Texans radio. So I'll say this. If they hey. use that strategy where they're going to throw the ball a lot and Herbert has cracked ribs, and he's setting himself up to get hit by Jerry Hughes and Jonathan Grenard and Rasheem Green and take shots in his ribs, they deserve everything they're going to get. What they should do is come out and run, run, and run some more and see if the Texans can stop them, and that way they protect him. So they'll get Eckler involved in the passing game because he's a really good receiver at that position. But, man, if they come out thinking they're going to throw all the time, they're just setting him up for more pain. Well, and I think the pain's going to last a while. In fact, tomorrow night we're going to have Houston Methodist minutes. And the doctor I talked to was saying with rib cartilage injuries, and this is not specific to Herbert, but in general with rib cartilage injuries, sometimes those can take longer to heal than just a regular, for lack of a better way of putting it, cracked rib because the blood doesn't get to there as quickly or as often as needed to heal it quickly. So I know the NFL teams have all sorts of gizmos to increase blood flow and all of that. Hey, blood flow, that's a term that's heard a lot on this radio station, not on these programs. Anyway, General, talk to me a little bit about this Texans defense because top five in sacks, like you said, up there in takeaways, not bad. Third down, not terrible, but here you are looking at the yardage allowed on the ground. Are you with me that these defensive performances have been – good enough i mean i know you want to play better everyone looks at yardage but you know what when the texans lose and they throw for a lot of yards which has happened a lot over the years no one's impressed it's all about the scoreboard well they kept the score relatively low for the opponent just unable to get the production they needed on the other side of the football your thoughts 
If you're going to let teams run up and down the field on you, the games are going to be closed. Teams that run don't blow people out, and that's why they've been in position to win all three games. Now, if without the strip sack in the fourth quarter at Indianapolis, they probably would have won that game. But they were a different team, and Davis Mills has been a different quarterback since that strip sack. His rating was like 113 up until that point. Now it's terrible. And last week, you know, I thought this, that he tries too hard to get the ball to Cooks when Cooks is covered. And I would get the ball more than Nico Collins. Nico has shown a propensity for going up and getting the ball, breaking tackles. And Mills just don't make the big mistake. Um, and I think they they can win this game. Hell, they won it last year, 41-29 to 29 with a rookie quarterback and with no running game then either. So I would make sure Damian Pierce gets the ball a lot. He averaged 10 yards on receiving, throw him the ball more, get him out in space. I would want Pierce to touch the ball 25 times. And if they do, I think they're going to win this game. General, there's no Joey Bosa in this game. He went on IR, but there is a Khalil Mack, which they didn't have last year. In fact, Kenneth Murray, who's their inside linebacker, had to play out on the edge and he was clueless. And and he did his best. He's just clueless. He never played out there. And you've got a Derwin James. And so those are the two biggest differences. Now, and I, I didn't mention J.C. Jackson because you don't know what his status is going to be because he played in week two, but I don't think he played in week three, uh, if my math is correct. So I don't quite know what to expect from the Chargers because teams are moving the ball on them. They're not running it like they did last year, like the Texans did last year. That's improved a little bit. But without Bosa – Boy, that could be a that could be a tough task, especially with Khalil Mack now having to face double teams and chips. What do you expect from this Chargers defense with no Bosa on it, but a Khalil Mack and a Derwin James? Well, first of all, if Khalil Mack is going to rush from the right side, Laramie Tunsil will handle it. Tunsil's having a great start. I mean, he's had two bad plays, a penalty in Denver, and then he didn't get the peel peel back block. Um, uh, on the strip sack against Indy. But he has not just been blocking well. He's been crushing his man. So is Kenyon Green. Those two on the left side, they're playing very well. And and uh, I think that, that they should move him to the other side, let Titus handle him. If he can't, I think he can. Because the offensive line right now is playing better than I expected, and especially with so many new people in there. And uh, and they're kicking some butt in the running game. And I think we we saw that last week, what their Damian Pierce is capable of when they run the ball. So you want to keep Khalil Mack on his heels instead of his toes. But I think either Texans tackle is capable of handling him one-on-one. As far as Derwin James, you know, the Texans would love for Jalen Petrie to become that kind of safety. He overcame the injuries, and now he's first-team All-Pro. He's a big play guy. And uh, but but Mills hadn't had a propensity for throwing interceptions, so I don't see it happening on this one. General, the Chargers are in town on Sunday, and you know that this makes me reminisce about the old San Diego <laughs> Air Coriel Chargers. Johnny, just let me do this, okay? And it's okay. You know, I like. You know, it. I love that old offensive team, and I know the Oilers beat them in '79 in the divisional round. And Vernon Perry had four picks, and it was an awesome performance by that Oiler team that was severely injured. But let me ask you this: for a team that did not make it to the Super Bowl, and there have been many great teams that did not even make it to a Super Bowl, but 
a team that had an era like that and this kind of imprint on the game on that side of the football, the offensive influence they had on the rest of the game, I don't know if there's any other team that really can compare that way that did not make it to the big game, but they had this kind of influence and this kind of prowess, especially on one side of the ball. They had a Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame wide receiver, Hall of Fame tight end. They had multiple receivers who were great. That's why they were favored by 18 over that Oilers uh, team in the 79 divisional round. And Corey Ells in the Hall of Fame now. He's going in the Hall of Fame because he'll be uh, – he's the coach nominee. Isn't he the coach nominee? I think he is, yeah. And so we'll put him in the Hall of Fame even though he never won a championship because of that kind of influence you're talking about on the passing game. Air Coriel, and he was a good team, good coach at St. Louis before the Chargers. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that offense was so much fun to watch. You know how frustrated the fans were out there that it didn't win a Super Bowl. The best team I've ever seen that didn't get to a Super Bowl or win one was the 1993 Oilers. And uh, one of the best I've ever seen, because the Oilers had it on offense and defense. And that Charger team had it on offense, but they weren't a great defensive team. That's a great point, though. The Oilers that went to seven consecutive playoffs with Warren Moon, that's another great era of football that did not make it. A football team that had a good era that did not make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, Yeah, I would say the Chargers are ahead of that in their era. but It didn't even make it to an AFC. Mark, it didn't even make it to an AFC championship game. You're right. They didn't even make it to an AFC championship game. The Chargers with Eric Horia, with uh, Dan Fouts, they made it to two AFC championship games. Good point, Johnny. Chokers. Oh, General, you went there, didn't you? Um, General, who would have thought that in week four – Arguably the most interesting game outside of Texans Chargers is going to take place in Philadelphia, where the Jacksonville Jaguars and Doug Peterson are 2-1, and and they go back to Peterson's home in Philadelphia. I think of any team, we, I mean, there are only two undefeated teams. They're 3-0, the Eagles and the Dolphins. I don't think the Dolphins have played exceptionally well, but they've made the plays when they needed to. They played well against the Bills, against the banged-up Bills team. They played well for a half, and it was the right half, and coming back against the Ravens. But the Eagles have just thumped everybody, and now they face the Jaguars. On the surface, this looks like one heck of a football game. What do you think about Jaguars and Eagles? Do you buy the Jags now versus before, and do you give them a shot against Eagles that are 3-0? First of all, the two unbeaten teams in the NFL – have quarterbacks that those teams didn't want them this time last year because both were trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. And it didn't work out for the Eagles or the Dolphins. And don't you know they're happy about that? But both teams wanted Watson. As far as the Eagles, Jalen Hurts improved for third year in a row. They led the NFL in rushing last year. They got a great running game. Miles Sanders is averaging over five yards carry. They just know how to run the ball. They got two great receivers and their defense is good. I expect them to win the game. I heard a lot of people think that Doug Peterson will be booed from the get go. I don't think so. I think Why? the first time he comes out, the fans will cheer him because he won a Super Bowl. And then when a the game starts, they'll boo the heck out of it. And Philadelphia fans, you know, they're they're great, they're smart, and they have an appreciation for history. But right now, Trevor Lawrence looks like a, a generational quarterback 
And that's not good for the rest of the AFC South. Could they go from worst to first? Yes, because right now it looks like anybody could win this division. By the way, I'm getting texts about the Charger love that I have for the Air Coriel era. I want to be very specific. It's for that era. After that, I could care less. When they went to the Super Bowl with Stan Humphreys, I was rooting for the 49ers. I don't like them anymore. I'm all about this crew. I did like the Chargers back in the early 80s, and I was two years old. All right, gentlemen. Who do you want? Hey, who do you? Hey, since you love the Chargers so much, are you pulling for them Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> don't do that don't do that to me no come on you know who you know battle red all the way um it's not battle red day by the way that's november 3rd against the philadelphia eagles who you were just discussing but the titans are going to play the colts general and wow the titans bounce back from zero and two with a victory over the raiders the colts bounce back from the abyss beating the chiefs in a surprise who wins this one in indy I still can't believe the Colts. You know, you tie the Texans, you get walloped by the Jaguars, then you beat the Chiefs, my goodness. So I'm going with the Colts. If you can beat the Chiefs, you can beat the Titans. The Titans beat the only winless team, uh, one of uh, the only 0-2 team last week. Going, I can't remember what they are. They beat the Raiders, and the Raiders still have not yeah. won a game. And that was at home, and it was close. So I guess – I guess the Colts, you know, the Chiefs handled Jonathan Taylor, and they still got beat. I just can't figure that out. And I know you guys can't either based on what we've seen from the Colts. General, you know, what's a more in- interesting game this week? You've got the Chiefs going to the Bucks. They both lost last week. You just mentioned Chiefs lost to the Colts. Bucks lost uh, at home with some help from the, video- or from the uh, Jumbotron uh, home person. Uh, to the Green Bay Packers. That game is your Sunday night game, but an afternoon game, actually a noon game, you got the Bills coming off a loss to Miami, going to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens coming off a win against the Patriots. This is Allen, Lamar, it is Mahomes and Brady. Which game is more intriguing to you and why? Baltimore playing Buffalo. Uh, the fact that Buffalo lost that game, just outplayed them something terrible. Had the ball for over 40 minutes, and I think they're going to bounce back with a vengeance. But Lamar Jackson, he's betting on himself, and he's off to an Aaron Judge-type start. And uh, everybody's kind of pulling for him, I believe. So I, I don't see Buffalo losing two in a row. If they do, my goodness, you talk about a lot of people being wrong, picking them to win the Super Bowl at least early in the season. I'm going with the Bills at at Baltimore. General, the records really shouldn't mean much right now. They don't because it's so early. It's week three. You can rebound from anything. You could rebound from 0-3. The Texans did it one year, winning nine in a row in 2018 once they were 0-3. But it's interesting to me how, man, you lose to the Broncos, and they just look like a total mess, and they're 2-1. You lose to the Bears. They don't look good at all. They're 2-1. And you tie the Colts, and they're one, one, and one. Do you make anything about these records over these records that you see? Because the Texans, if you add up all the opponents, nobody has a losing record. How about that for a spin? First of all, that you what you <laughs> just said showed you how close the Texans were to winning. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. they should have won them; they could have won them. A play here, a play there. 
That's what Lovey Smith and his coaches keep emphasizing the players. You know, look, look how close. If you just do this and that, it's not a lot, just a couple. And they can beat the Chargers. They beat the Chargers last year when they were a better team. But it just shows you how even it is. And I'll say this, and y'all know this, every year there's a couple of teams get out to good starts. And the media just anoints them as Super Bowl contenders. And then when it gets into November, December, you know, they fade like uh, springtime into summer down here. And so there's going to be, will it be Miami? Will it be Jacksonville? Will it be the Bears? I pretty feel pretty safe to say it's going to be the Bears. My God, can you believe the Texans lost that game with Justin Fields playing the way he did as a quarterback, throwing the ball. They may not play another team this year that has a quarterback that throws the ball worse than Justin Fields. Oh, gosh. And speaking of the Bears, I well, unless there's a tie, which we've seen one already this year, but either the Bears or the Giants are leaving MetLife Stadium 3-1. and one. The Bears or the Giants. Wow. And that's not very good for people that have under bets on the Giants, so sorry about that. Um, but I'm happens. going with the Giants. Yeah, uh, we don't need that. We need the Bears to actually win that one. General tonight, I don't think we've mentioned it. Dolphins, 3-0. Bengals, 1-2. You could have got money on Vegas for that being flipped. The Bengals, 3-0, and the Dolphins, 1-2 going into this one. But Dolphins are hot. Got the three wins. Beat Buffalo last week. Now they're taking on the Bengals. Let's say you on Thursday night. Are the Bengals going to show up in those white unis, or are the Dolphins going to stay undefeated? I'm going with the Bengals. I think they're much better than they've showed. They've lost close games. Tua Tagovailoa has an injury. He's, I'm sure he's going to play, but he's hurt. He gets hurt every year. So I'm going with the Bengals. That's not a bad pick right there. Man, I watched some of that uh, replay of the Dolphins-Bills affair. Keon Crossan makes a huge play in the end zone off. Who's the other receiver? Not Diggs, the other guy. Davis? Uh, yeah, Gabriel Davis. Yeah, he made a tremendous play on him. So good for Keon right there. General, the Patriots, speaking of the AFC East, one and two, they're going to be at Green Bay. How bad is it going to be this year in New England? Mac Jones, uh, you know, he's banged up right now through three picks last week. What is going to happen with that squad throughout the rest of the campaign? They're taking it day by day. Okay, th- so general. Did you see Belichick team. said that yeah. twelve yeah. times yesterday? Oh, he did yeah. not. He said it twelve he... times. Yes, he did. They oh, counted him. He said day but day to day twelve times. He's that's why be... I said that. I thought you were up on everything. No, no, I got. No, it. I think I they it. were. I think they were in trouble before Mac Jones got hurt. They're not mm-hmm. very good now. He's got a high ankle sprain. If you've got a high ankle sprain. You guys know this. You can once once you get if you don't have to have surgery, and when you come back, you're not going to make it worse, but it's not going to get better till you get R and R after the season. So you're going to be in a lot of pain. And at some point, point maybe next week, uh, he'll come back and he'll have to play with pain, and it's going to be painful for the fans because the Patriots are just not very good. Brian Hoyer, you know, I'm more power to him. I always liked him. Thought he was a really good guy, but my goodness, Brian Hoyer. When was the Got last it. time the Go Patriots ahead, were 10-point underdogs anywhere? That's a good question. Anywhere. Ooh, I don't want to. I mean, 2000? 
I, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 odd. They're ten point underdogs going to Green Bay this weekend. Where's Phil Steele when you need him? General, is Jalen Petrie uh, in danger of replacing John Weeks as your favorite Baylor player in the professional ranks? Let Jalen Petrie play 13 years, and then I'll see. Because okay. John Weeks is an iron man. Jalen Petrie is not the greatest strong safety in NFL history. John Weeks is the greatest snapper in NFL history. And if Graylin Arnold makes more plays, on special teams like he did, he may be the best special teams player in NFL history. And I would like to say this, and I know you guys have talked about it this week, the special teams have been outstanding. Frank Ross and his people need to take a bow. And if offense and defense was playing like special teams, they'd be 3-0 on their way to 4-0 because those guys have been terrific. Great stuff. General, what's going on? Gallerysports.com and SportsRadio610.com. What do you have for us? I am doing a column for Sports Radio 610 tomorrow on about Davis Mills that played against the Chargers last year. Needs to be the Davis Mills that plays Sunday. And then I've got one on Gallery Sports. I did about the uh, running game, the run defensive against the run offense. And I think this is the game the Texans are going to turn around that run defense. Guys, thank you very much, and I will see you Sunday. Thank you, General. John McClain joining us every Thursday. Coming up next, we do it every Thursday, just about. Who's better as John Harris is put to the test? It's Texans Radio. Stay tuned for more on the Houston Texans and the NFL on Texans All Access. With available premium features like wireless Apple CarPlay, plus America's best warranty and complimentary maintenance, the Hyundai Sonata and Elantra put you on the road to victory. Right now, get 3.29% APR for 48 months on our most popular models. Visit your local Hyundai dealer, the official car of the Houston Texans. For well-qualified buyers only, offer ends 10 Call 469-613-0227 for more details. 27 for more details. 27 for more details. 27 for... We return to Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you. Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. We are live. Texans All Access. Great to have you aboard. All right, Johnny, we're ready to play Who's Better, are we not? Yes, let's go. All right, let's go. All right, let's start with uh, let's start with this one. Boy, I'm having trouble this week because these are all so juicy. Better record. Who's better? Better record by week 13 when the Texans play the you-know-whos, but I have to mention them now. Cleveland or Tennessee. Tennessee off to a one and two start. The Browns are somehow two and one with Jacoby Brissett. He wasn't supposed to do this well. Better record by week thirteen, the Browns or the Titans? Browns. Boy, that I was think quick. the Titans Yeah, it, the the Browns have some pretty salty games from week seven going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, as we Every single year, we set out in April or May when the schedule comes out, and we look at it and go, ooh, this is a tough stretch, this is a tough stretch, this is the easy stretch because of what you think those teams are going to be. But looking from week seven going forward, that schedule for Cleveland is pretty tough. That said, the Titans are playing a first-place schedule, and they're playing the AFC West. Yep. So, And I don't buy the Titans this year. I haven't. They've lost Taylor Luan. They've lost Harold Landry, two of their best trenches players, one on each side of the ball. Mm. I think that is going to come back 
uh, at them in some way, shape, or form over the course, an extended uh, number of games over the course of a season to that point. So I think it's going to be the Browns. Now, I'm not totally convinced the Browns are going to be, you know, go to week 13, a bye week. I mean, I don't think the Browns are going to be ten and two, or to you know ten and one, or nine and two. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be anything like that. But I do think through that'll be eleven games going into week thirteen. I think they can be, you know, eight and three. I think they can be at wow. least seven and four. Jeez, so I don't think huge. the Titans are getting there. That's huge with the Browns, and I'll just read it for you right now. Atlanta this week, jeez. Yep. Then the Chargers, and who knows what happens with them yep. injury wise and whatnot. Then the Patriots, ugh. then the Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, yep. Bucks. It gets tougher, like you said. Yep. It'll be interesting. It always is in this league. But you're right, man. Things change on a, almost a week to week basis. All right, who's better? Better chance to run the ball this weekend: the Chargers or the Texans? Better chance to get yards on the ground. Neither team has rushed for 100 yards as a team this year. Better chance this weekend, Johnny. But I think when Pierce is in the game, the Texans have had more success in a traditional running situation. And I bring up traditional running situation because I think the Chargers will they'll try to run the ball with Eckler early. I don't think they'll have success, but they want Eckler to stay involved in the game. So what do you do? You swing him out. You run them on Texas routes. You run circle routes. Whatever you want to to do in a passing game, that becomes an extended uh, portion of your run game. Dare I bring up David Johnson. David Johnson, I remember going to Indianapolis in 2020. He couldn't run all year long. I mean, it was just, uh, ugh. They threw it to him 11 times. And he ended up, once he got out in space, he was a problem. So I think that's what the, te- the, the Chargers will do, and that's what the Texans' defense is up against, and that is Eckler out in space, and that's a problem because the tackling out in space has not been great. So now you've got to tackle one of the better, better running backs, or I should say better weapons, because as a true just pounded between the tackles running back, it's not been that kind of year for Eckler. But you get him out, get him seven, eight catches out wide, and get him one-on-one in situations, he's going to make a guy miss, he's going to break a tackle, and he's going to end up with 10 to 12 yards when he catches the football. So I think the Texans, with their offensive line, and with Petrie, uh, I'm sorry, not Petrie, uh, Pierce, they're going to be able to run the ball somewhat effectively. Now, is it going to be 100 and, what was the number last year, 190? I don't think it's 190, but I do think they can get to a C-note, and I think that's got to be where they where they aim, get to a C-note. The Chargers are giving up 102, 103, Get to a C-note rushing, and you'll end up being in a good spot because I don't think the Chargers are getting there against you. Okay. Who's better, Johnny? Now, you know that I always talk about sports hate and how that's okay, and that's where hate belongs in sports and not in real life. Well, so does this aspect of things, enjoying the misery of others, right? In sports, (laughs) that's okay, right? So the Patriots struggling is something that I enjoy. I'm just being honest with you. And it's okay in sports in that context. All right. So who's better, the 2020 Patriots or the 2022 Patriots? The 2020 Patriots had Cam Newton and they went seven and nine. The 2022 Patriots have some version of Mac Jones, whatever's left of him after he heals up from this thing. And Brian Hoyer, who will start this weekend. Tell me. 2020. I mean, Cam was 
struggling throwing the football. But when Cam was healthy in the first few games of the year before it all went downhill injury-wise for him, I mean, I think Cam – how do I say this properly? I think Cam was damaged goods probably a year or two after he had won the MVP in 15. And he was just gutting it out. And then even the last couple of years in Carolina, he just couldn't gut it out anymore. So I think he kind of taped things up and did what he could the first few games in New England. And they played some really good ball with him. But then when he was he was injured and he had COVID, and then they sort of lost their way with Cam. This year, I don't know what the Patriots are. I have no idea. I don't. If I'm a Patriots fan, I don't have any trust in the offensive play calling the offensive staff at all. I haven't seen the offense get better each and every week. So, and then last week they gave up 37 points on defense to Lamar and the Ravens. So, and I I know that's a really good Ravens offense. I get it. And Lamar was hot, but I don't know where the Patriots are better in 2022 than they were in 2020. So I would say the two years ago Patriots, then the 2022 Patriots. And I actually haven't said this in a very, very long time, if ever. I really wish we were playing the Patriots this year. I know. Of all the years to not be playing them for the first time since 2014. Wow. All right, Johnny. Who's better? Better performance so far? 3-0 and Philly or 3-0 and Miami? Better performance so far? I think it's the Eagles. The first game against the Lions had a big lead. And they just were holding on in week one, and the Lions got back in it. Now, the Lions have got some offensive threats, so it's not too surprising that they got that thing back within three at the end, scoring 35 points in the process. But then Monday night against the Vikings, it was 24-7, and it wasn't even close. Last week, it was 24 nothing against the Commanders on the road before the Commanders even sniffed the end zone. Oh, I see the Eagles, to me, this. are the best 3-0 team right now. Um, I think if the Eagles and Dolphins were matched up, I would make the Eagles a touchdown you know, neutral field. I would make the, the Eagles a touchdown favorite, and then I would probably lay the seven and take the Eagles because I think the Eagles have got all the pieces. The only thing to me that slows down the Eagles at this point is some major injury, be it to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, obviously Jalen Hurts, or somebody on defense. And yet if the defense is, is – got talented dudes but they're more a collection of these really interesting parts that go together really really well so I think the Eagles right now are the best they're the best team in in football I think right now for the Eagles against the Bills I would pick the Eagles I really don't want to face that team Mm -hmm. on November 3rd but maybe things change maybe they hit a rut maybe there's an injury that changes things Uh, but that's gonna be a really tough ball game I mean it's gonna be tough but now I think it's going to be even more so because they are definitely hitting their stride. Jalen's coming back home uh, to Houston to play. He's going to want to show it off. So that's going to be a really tough battle red night against the Eagles on Thursday, November 3rd. Yeah, when you look at what the Dolphins have done, beating the Patriots, the Ravens, and the Bills, that schedule's nice. Beating Baltimore and Buffalo is no joke, right? But they had to come back to beat Baltimore. I'm not taking anything away from it. I think I can see what you're saying about the Eagles being a dominant team and the Dolphins being opportunistic and resilient, for sure. I mean, it's 3-0, and and coming back on Baltimore at their place was phenomenal. And beating the Bills anywhere, I don't care if the humidity had something to do with it. So what? You beat the Buffalo Bills, a nemesis in your division, one of them anyway. So uh, that's a great achievement, but 
I, I might lean with you on the Eagles. Now, the Eagles are going to play the Jags this week, and the Dolphins play the Bengals tonight. So do you think they both go 4-0, or is tonight the night the Dolphins get beaten because of Tua's health issues? Uh, I think there will be a few reasons why the Dolphins take the L tonight. I think that Joe Burrow is going to is going to light him up. I mean, the Dolphins are going to play some of that that blitz zero, and I think that Joe's going to I think Joe's going to light them up, and it's going to be a high scoring game. I think so. Whatever the over under is, go over. Um, but I think that's I think it's more the, what the Bengals do than what the Dolphins don't do. Uh, and I do think the Eagles will stay undefeated, even though it's going to be a pretty tough ball game against Doug Peterson. But I just think that right now the Jags are playing well, and they've played well. Um, they played exceptional against the Chargers. That was a banged-up Chargers team. Um, this is a different animal with the, with the uh, Eagles. Don't get me wrong. I think the Jaguars, as we talked about, it was, it was a fear, like, man, could these guys really be getting it with Doug Peterson? And it looks like they are. So that's scary, but I think the Eagles are just playing that much better than anybody in the league. All right, that's who's better. I might have one more for you next, a little bit of college talk. Also, you give me one sneak preview of one of the big keys to the game this weekend, Texans Chargers, noon Sunday. Some tickets remain, HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app, Pink Ribbon Day. It's going to be fun on Sunday. It's Texans Radio. Texans Radio continues in a moment. If you've wanted to buy Bitcoin but didn't know how to get started, try BitWallet, the official digital currency wallet of the Houston Texans. Go to the website bitwallet.org and download the BitWallet app and you'll get started right away with the fastest, simplest way to buy Bitcoin with your debit card. It's Houston founded and based. BitWallet has a platform for individuals and businesses with no fees and no chargebacks. BitWallet.org. BitWallet. BitWallet. Texans Radio is back. Random thought of the night here in the Hyundai Texans Radio studio, cruising around on the internet, uh, finding content or things to back up content. But when you see all these political ads this time of year in digital form and they're not sure what party you are, but you see ads... (laughs) Johnny, and look, I'm I'm not going to go there with politics, but whatever no. party you are, when you see the other part, it's very triggering. <laughs> it's, very <laughs> triggering. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, what is? It? I can just imagine how triggered people are. I I'm immune to that, of course, of course, yeah, I of am. course. I mean, we're we're in our business, and and we work for Texans Radio, and we haven't been doing very well the last few years. So yes, we know how how triggered people can get. Lopez once said it very well. We work in the toy department of life here in sports, and it's a beautiful thing. And we're so grateful that you all are listening and uh, on the ride with us here. All right, so uh, here's another interesting thing slash funny. I went to look at the Patriots uh, pro football reference page because I was just checking the record of two years ago and everything and what went into that 7-9 and season with Newton when I asked you that question, Mm -hmm. which is going to be better that team or this year's team. You know how they have all the photos across the top of a pro football reference page, you know, yes. all the greatest players in franchise history, you know, the yes. many great Patriots, obviously, and Brady among them. I don't know if the pro football reference people are just trolling, but they have the Patriot Buccaneer. It's obviously a Buccaneer jersey. It's not even a Patriot throwback. And it's because it's a new bait. Uh, it's a new Brady picture yeah. of him after the alleged work was done. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it, it's just, and it does look different. He does look different. 
I mean, yeah. there's no question that uh, that maybe I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm just a little jelly, you know. I need a little face tightening up. Some too. work, some work was done at 45. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, you now he's 45. He's going through a lot of bleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what happens? Jeez. I guess that's what happens at 45. I, I mean, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I think it's it's a troll job for sure. All right, I here's love another. It. I got another thing to throw at you here, which is very random. But writing an article this week about the game coming up on Sunday with the Chargers. Texans have met them several times before. And, you know, a little fun fact that you played the Chargers when Drew Brees was playing for the Chargers twice. Week two of franchise history and the opening day of of year three for the Texans. It was week one. That was the game where the lights went out at then Reliance Stadium for a brief moment in the second half. Anyway... I thought about this. I was thinking, man, Doug Flutie played for the Chargers. Has the I, I feel like I've seen Doug Flutie at a Charger uniform at NRG Stadium, and I have. It was in the preseason of 03. Flutie played against the Texans. Nine for oh. 14 for 76 yards. That's neither here nor there. But the fact that Flutie played against the Texans is kind of cool. Yeah, because, you know, he's an older school guy, and he played against this franchise. And I was trying to think of anybody else – of that ilk, you know, an old timer that is a big name like that that's played against this team. And I think that that's the biggest one I can find, you know, of a guy who reaches back to the 80s like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I mean, the only, the, way, one, the only one that makes any kind of sense is Adam Vinatieri because he just played. Yes. He played yes. forever. Um, yes. But that's probably you're right. Foodie's probably that one. You probably Vinatieri's have to go back good. to look at the early season or look at O uh, two and think about mm-hmm. who they played in O two. I mean, maybe there's there's somebody up and down the roster then, but I don't know. That but Flutie's a great one. That's excellent. Yeah, I mean Emmett Smith played in the game here at NRG Stadium, right? Yep. Um, for the Dallas Cowboys in the O two season. That's pretty. And cool. what happened in that game? I forgot. Uh, Nineteen to ten. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Drew Brees and Flutie both played in that game in 03 I'm talking about in the preseason. I'll give you $1,000 in Monopoly money if you can name the third quarterback for the Chargers. In 2003? Uh, Let's go with uh, somebody named Wieland. No, Cleo Lemon. Cleo Lemon. Now a wide receivers coach for Jacksonville State. That's random. Okay. Give me a sneak preview of one of the keys for Sunday when the Texans take on the now L.A. Chargers. Well, I'm not going to give the one that uh, I have for extra points, I don't think. Okay. I'm trying to remember which ones I gave, <laughs> you know which ones I gave on extra points. People will uh, have to tune in to find out if you did. Yeah. Um, I, I think offensively, Derwin James is a, ma- a major key. you got to know where he is, and you got to know what his responsibility is wherever he is. Um, if he's near the line of scrimmage, you got to account for him in the run game. So uh, the Texans offense has to account for Derwin James. And then Davis has got to find some easy throws. Defensively, I think even though I fear Austin Eckler becoming a wide receiver, you got to completely eliminate the traditional running game. Just completely eliminate it. Early on, know what kind of game it is. You know, OB used to tell us that all the time. Hey, it's this kind of game, it's that kind of game. Know what kind of game it is. Let the game declare itself early. And hopefully that will mean – that it's the traditional run game out the window at that point. I'll give you a key. I want you to double Pierce's catch total. All right? He had two catches last week. I want at least four receptions for Pierce. 
I know the carries are going to be there. He's going to carry 20-plus. You're going to do that. He carried 20 times in a game in which you didn't do well on third down. I want more catches by Pierce, more ball-in-space activity by Pierce, and I think that's really going to help out the offensive situation. So find maybe create a bit ways to get him the ball. I don't know about screens, you know, those – those uh, oh. not the traditional screen, you know, the, the five wide screen that uh, I that's not a high percentage play. It really isn't. It's not. How many times do we see that go for nothing or two yards or something? You know, I mean, and this goes back multiple eras for the Houston Texans. It's one of those right. things. Johnny, best college game this weekend. That's on your radar. What are you thinking about? Boy, NC State Clemson is going to be fun. Those teams are undefeated. NC State's in the top 10 and playing another top 10 team for the first time, uh, I think, in the history of the program or dating back to the 60s. I think Alabama-Arkansas will be fun. Arkansas coming off a loss to A&M, obviously. And then in the Big 12, Oklahoma State-Baylor is always a really, really fun game. I think that's going to be kind of a surprising one with Baylor getting the win at Iowa State last week, Oklahoma State coming off a bye. I think it's going to be a really fun game. Uh, at McLean Stadium in Baylor. So this is another good weekend of games. Every conference has got a good one. It's a good one. Dre's got a great one Friday night. Michael Penix in Washington going to L.A., taking on UCLA. That's going to be a fun, fun ball game uh, on Friday night. So looking forward to that one for sure. Excellent. Dre's got that Friday night window again. Thank you, Johnny. Always appreciate it. Always fun. Texans Chargers Sunday at noon. Another show tomorrow night. It's going to be big. Lovey Smith will be on to kick it off. And Johnny's got your keys to the game and a whole lot of other great stuff going on for Friday night. Texans All Access. Thank you, Chris, for producing. Have a great evening. Coming up, Thursday night football. Dolphins at the Bengals. Go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. (laughs) Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? (laughs) Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. Need to 